We don't have to sing. Let's not. <laughs> that felt like a dramatic moment in a play. <laughs> a, a play we wrote. Hi, Sister Twain. How are you? Hi. Hi, Brother Coffee. And that, or that's how the audition starts. We don't have we to don't sing. We don't have to sing. And everyone in the audition says it completely differently. And then there's like a long pause. And then the other person says, let's not. Let's or not. some of them say, let's not. Or some of them say, let's not. Yeah. Like yeah. everyone's got a different yeah, read yeah, on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great play. Welcome to Hot Drinks. <laughs> you guys, Hot Drinks is a podcast we record. We do. We do it in Brother Coffee's living room. While my cat cleans your hair, she just ran away. Now she's like sniffing. Oh, that's a, I thought that was your purse. It's a cup. Oh, oh you need to take the home the cup Lil Twain left here. She left a cup here, remember? Oh, okay. That's what, that's what the gentle listeners wanted to hear. So <laughs> Hot Drinks is a podcast where we talk about Mormonism, sex, today, depression. Well, kind, kind of. of. Kind gonna, of. But, but you guys, if you haven't poured a drink, pour a drink. Because <laughs> shit's going to get real tonight. So my sister is like... She's like that that critic you didn't ask for, but apparently you need. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, she sent me a Marco Polo, Polo. She sent me Marco Polo. And she starts off like this. Okay, I'm stoned. <laughs> uh, and I have a... F- 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 she's like... Uh, and then she goes... I was trying to say feedback and critique, and I almost said fatigue. <laughs> but so she has a fatigue for us, which is that our meteor episodes are what she really likes to sink her teeth into, right. and, and that the sillier ones are, are just fine. And then the one, but not ab- her favorite, right? And then the one we did about drinks was our most boring. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks for that fatigue. If any of you agree, please let us know. Sister. Or if you disagree, let us know. Yeah, sure. But Sister Twain's sister, we need to give we need to give her a special name. Um, I think it's Sister Volva. I don't know. I was just trying to think of what's near the near unto the Twain. Um, I'll let her choose it because okay. she she's a Leo. She needs to just choose yeah, it. Yeah, you don't choose anything for Leo, right? So uh, as a bit of women's work. Um, yes. Which is what we call housekeeping now. Right. I just want to point out that tonight we are drinking a lovely Malbec Duclos. Du du it has a French name on it. Right. I don't know. Yeah. So I thought Malbecs, this was a bottle that was sent to us by a lovely gentle listener in Washington. Yes. Did they have code names? Yes. Okay. Oh, dear God. Uh, well, why don't you look for that? Let their me double names. check it. I'm going to describe the Malbec <laughs> Duclos. Is it Duclos? Duclos. Duclos. A yeah. Malbec Duclos. Duclos. What does Duclos mean? Um, it means. Duclos. Of the Clo. She's literally Googling it. I thought you like spoke French or something. I do, but that one I just forgot. So, uh, Google's not helping. Us. Okay, so anyway, so a gentle listener sent us some wine. We had one last week with Lil Twain. Tonight we're drinking the Malbec. I thought Malbecs always were. Argentinian. I just thought that was like a grape that was from there. Yeah. But this is a French Malbec, which uh-huh. I didn't know was a thing. It's very gentle. It's, it's very, it's a gentle listener. It's this a Malbec. <laughs> it is gentle like unto our gentle listeners. It's smooth on the palate. Uh-huh. It's not, it doesn't have that uh, t- tangy bite that yeah. the Argentinian The Malbec is a very outspoken have. wine. And yeah. this wine seems a little bit more of a gentle listener, a little bit quieter. <laughs> I'm trying to pretend I know things about wine, so I'm smelling it. Oh, my God. I'm getting notes of a little tannin, um, some notes of lemon, mm-hmm. something kind of acidic, perhaps. Mm-hmm. 
um, berries. I always say berries because wine is smells like berries, no yeah, matter what. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not, but very smooth. Nothing, nothing real barnyardy or funky or anything like right, that. Right, very right, right. smooth and very clean. Anyway, a delicious Malbec it du Clos. It is so lovely. Um, so thank you again, gentle listeners, Cal and Naomi. Oh, um, those are their fake names. Yes. Okay. In some undisclosed place in the state of Washington. <laughs> in the great Northwest. <laughs> um, other housekeeping. Woman's work. Sorry, woman's work. We want to be clear on so that. So we've got our party coming up on the 6th. Yes. So if you have not RSVP'd, please let us know you're coming. There was like an official RSVP form. Uh-huh. But you can also just like message us and let us know. Yeah. We're just trying to get a head count. Yeah, Because we yeah. just want to make sure we have enough booze and enough and, food and for food. everybody. Yes. So. Um, and the RSVP form is linked in the bio of our Instagram. Okay. So you can do that. Yes. Um, but please let us know if you're coming. And please feel free to bring friends and loved ones, even if they're not gentle listeners. I guess the hope would be that maybe they become gentle listeners, but it's certainly not... A requirement. But the, we uh, just want to have a fun yeah, evening. We, so we just want so bring friends and loved ones. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The more do the not merrier. bring active Mormons. No. Just kidding. Active Mormons, you can come because there's like there's some of them out there, and I you're mean, welcome to come. I think what you meant was like don't like on the sly invite your active Mormon right. friends and then be like ha ha like how the Mormons on the sly invite their non-member friends to like hey just come over we're having some ice cream I and know. then before the ice cream you guys I've got a spiritual thought uh, we don't want any of that Jesus the reverse yeah 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 so uh, one other uh, piece of women's work mm-hmm. brother coffee did you yes s- ma'am did you uh, peruse anything on the Twitter today. No, I have deleted my Twitter. Okay, well, you do that often, but I... And but it I, has stayed deleted. And, and I don't think I'm reinstating it. That's weird. I only kept my porn Twitter. <laughs> I don't post porn. I just... It's just a follow Oh, my God. I don't know. It's not, I'm still processing it. I don't know what's happening, but every time I think of reactivating it, I'm like, no, that it makes me feel sad and anxious. What so a, what's going on wait, on the Twitter? Wait, wait, What about Reddit? I have, like, literally the only social media I have right now is Instagram. Okay. So, um... So I've been playing games on my phone. Because, of course, I'm not, like, reading a book or something. Mm -mm, mm -mm. I still just need to stare mindlessly at my phone. That's hard to do when you have mental illness. So I've been playing Alto's Odyssey. It's a lovely little game. Oh, nice. Anyway, so what's happening on the Twits? Um... All right. Take a deep breath. (gasps) Let it out. Okay, okay. Oh, here we go. Remember that whole brevet we had about the policy reversal? Oh, yeah. I just listened to it recently. Oh, did you? Yeah, because I'm re-listening to our old episodes. Right. You guys, they're really good. <laughs> uh, Brother Coffee. Yes. The uh, new church handbook came out. Okay. And the policies in it. Was not reversed? Right. So the reversal's been reversed? Yes. Oh, Mormons? What the right. actual fuck? Yes. What the Joseph Smith fucking a 14-year-old exactly. are you up to? Exactly. What? Yeah. Oh. I know. I know. I don't even know what to say about that. I know. I don't either. Um, which is clearly why... What, well, clearly what we should say is God is in charge. <laughs> and God is a fuckwit. Because he is cannot even get his shit together about this one goddamn policy. <laughs> Sometimes I'll tweet something as myself um, and say something sexual like, 
Uh, like you want to fuck the holes in Jesus's hands or right, something? Right, right. Something like that. Right. And then I'll follow it up with another tweet that says, retweet if you know God is in charge. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, um, okay. So anyway, I don't want to give that any more lip service. No. I'm just so done. As combined with the fact that I've listened to the first two episodes of the series on Mormonism that the um, last podcast on the left is oh, doing. Oh, should I keep going? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, it for just sure. was too like morning zoo for me. I understand that. I understand that. If you can get past that, the stuff that they talk about is it's stuff that I've never okay. even heard I before. I have a long road trip tomorrow, so maybe I'll listen to that while I'm driving. Yeah, and, and then uh, there's, if you've just listened to one, have you listened I to I didn't even any? finish the first one. I okay. listened to like half of it, and then I was like, I don't know if I can do okay. this. It's just, it just breaks down who Joseph Smith really was. And I mean... Just keep talking. We've had... Sorry, I got a very important text message that I need to respond to. And you shook your hand up to the heavens when you saw it. I don't even know what it said. But anyway, it's extremely damning to anyone who used to believe in the church, believes in the church. I cannot stomach the charlatan that Joseph Smith was. I cannot believe that there's still a religion to this day based on what this guy created. But yeah. let's, again, let's not give that any more lip service. Just give it a listen. Yeah. Okay. It is. It's it, called Last Podcast on the Left. Right. And, and they, they're doing, they. it's usually a podcast about like murder, <laughs> like true crime and like conspiracies conspiracy and that and kind of like things. That. So, but they're doing a whole five or six five part series, series on Mormonism. On Mormonism. Yeah. yeah. So right. um, one just last bit of women's work for me I just want to say shout out to the coffee family because pretty much there are, I have like four siblings now who listen to this podcast and they were like, they, many of them were like, why didn't you tell us about this? And I was like, cause when Twain and I started recording, it was just like us drunk in my living room, like talking into my phone <laughs> and then they've all found out and they're all listening. I was re-listening to maybe episode six today where you said something about Oh, about rimming. And <laughs> you said, and I literally cannot tell anyone that I know about this podcast. And it may not even been the rimming comment. But there are a lot of comments where you're like, I hope no one I know ever listened to this podcast. <laughs> it's just different. It's the same thing in different, said in different ways. The funny thing is now, like, the, I mean, obviously the secret of who we are is very poorly kept. Yes. But, um... It's mostly my mom and my job. I don't want them to find out about ah. it. So if you work with me and you're listening to this, please don't bring it up at work. Don't don't bring. Be professional. We don't need to talk about this at work. Anyway, um, we're gonna take a little break and then jump into our topic. Why don't you give our gentle listeners a teaser of what is this meaty topic we're gonna sink our teeth into? A teaser, or just tell them what just, the topic? Just tell them. <laughs> the teaser is it rhymes with bang slaps. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Our top. Five hang-ups, and we'll be right back. We're back. Hey. 
You know oh. what I've noticed? Because we're both kind of doing a little re-listen of the podcast, right? For various reasons. Yeah. And one thing I've noticed is you always say, numéro trois. <laughs> it's so fun to say. Just that one in French. <laughs> and then we start talking about Edith Piloff, and then we do that <laughs> rien thing. Rien, yeah. So anyway, rien. we've done it like four times that I've oh listened to. Oh my God. To. When we're both like 75 and on we're, a cruise. <laughs> yeah. And, and like seven Manhattans in. Oh, I love a good Manhattan. Uh, we're just going to be walking around the we're cruise gonna be, ship. It's going to be the hot drinks cruise. Going. Everyone on the cruise. Right. By the time we're 75, yeah. we'll have multiple boats full of Yeah, of it'll listeners. be the hot drinks. It'll be all gentle listeners. And it's we'll, also really funny to listen back to the old podcast because... Like, I heard the moment where we coined the phrase gentle listeners. And we both kind of laughed about it. Yeah, and yeah. just kind of then just kept talking. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, that's like a thing. That's like, a you're thing. all gentle oh listeners. Gentle listeners, we love you. Anyway, what's your number one hang up, Sister Twaint? Um, well, real quick. Oh. Do you want to say why you wanted to talk about this topic? Okay. Yeah. Other than your, other than Sister Volva saying that she wanted us to talk about meteor things. She's like, I want to... And not about, like, our favorite crackers. She's like, I want to feel things. That's how she That's how she talks. Because the me. alternate topic was our top five favorite cereals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I've had a couple days where... Um, I, I, I'm so sick of this word, but um, I've been very triggered. Um, and I'll get into why as I get into my top five hang-ups, but um, obviously... But um, usually we're able to agree on a topic pretty quickly. And lately, I've, and the past couple of days, I've just been like, I don't know. I just, ugh. And then finally. It's kind of been that thing where someone's like, where do you want to go to eat? I don't care. You choose. Right. And you're like, let's go to that chicken place. And they're like, oh, I hate that chicken place. Exactly. And you're like, let's go get Mexican. And they're like, oh, I, I had Mexican last night. I can't do Mexican again. So I was the person selecting the restaurants. <laughs> Sister Twain's like, I don't care. You choose the topic. And I'm like, what about this one? What about this one? What about this one? And she'd be like, no, none of those. So I was like, okay. <laughs> So anyway, but uh, my energy's been off, really off. I had a full Ativan, not even mine, one of my kids, <laughs> when I came over, and a glass of wine. So I'm gonna be super slurpy. Slurpy. It's just it, it's fine. It's, it's fine. Fine. But um, and I was like, I can't, I can't do anything too like deliberately. Uh, ridiculous and sarcastic tonight. I mean, it's all gonna, the ridiculous and sarcastic will come out, but I was like, let's just make the topic something meaty because clearly there's some things I need to work through. Right. So my number so one. So you guys are our therapy is what we're yeah. saying. And so, so I also want to say that it's hard for me to say that I have some hangups about things. It is not hard for me to divulge any secrets about myself, to be perfectly authentic. Right. But when it comes to my hangups and more specifically my insecurities, those are things that I'm not like posting on Facebook. You're a Libra, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, Makes sense. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I have a handful of things that I don't like to talk about. I'm not going to talk about all of those tonight, but let's... Listen without judgment because I chose these without judgment and I chose them first having massive judgment. Like, no, I can't say that's one of my hangups or one of my insecurities. And then I went, nope, nope, it is one. So it's staying on the list. <sighs> okay. It's going to get real. It's going to get real. My number one is Josh and Lolly weed. 
<laughs> oh my god. I I just was ready to get into your childhood, your mother. Josh and Lolly Weed. And Lolly what if they Weed. listen? They probably don't listen. Okay, give us a quick who are oh. Josh and Lolly Weed? All right. So, <sighs> God. And I know we have a gentle listener who's good friends with Josh and Lolly Weed. Really? Yeah. Anyway. Okay. It's fine. Um, 2012. Josh Weed is married to Lolly Weed. They're Mormon. They have a good amount of kids. Three or four or something like that. Literally no idea. Uh, It's their 10th wedding anniversary. And he was already blogging at this point. I don't know what his readership was like before this blog post on their 10th wedding anniversary but this post went fucking viral and uh he said it basically in a nutshell in a nutty 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 nutshell uh like a nutrageous remember those candy oh, bars delicious so good i got one free at the stadium of fire once <laughs> they were doing a promo Anyway, in his, back to the blog fire. post. Everybody turn and watch the fire burn. God damn it. Higher and higher. <laughs> higher and higher. I think it's kind of more of a higher and higher. Oh, 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 oh. There's like the a, yeah. Licks. They, yeah. I think we call that licks. There's some licks in there. Anyway. So back to the weeds. Back to Licking the weeds. the weeds. But, um. So he wrote a blog post. And he said, it's our 10th wedding anniversary. And basically, I'm coming out, but not coming out of the closet. Like, I'm coming out to say, I am a gay man, but I'm not leaving my wife. And it was them. I'm sorry. I don't want to hear. I do not want to hear a defense about their blog post. This blog post. Essentially, he was saying. They were patting themselves on the back. Yeah. We are we are in a mixed orientation marriage, and it's working. And it's working for us. And they were saying like we're not recommending other people do this, but it's working for us, right? And he even used the phrase, and this is where I stopped reading, that we have a robust sex life, right? Yeah, I cannot. For those of you who haven't been in a mixed orientation marriage, you do not understand how triggering that is. And how hard the rest of us who have been in mixed orientation marriages or moms called bullshit on that. Yeah. And even though he had that caveat in there about how we're not recommending anyone else to it, he was putting it out there and it was so self-serving so the, the, to make themselves feel better. The right. fucking end. And the rest of us straight spouses out there, because I, I'm part of a network of straight spouses, um, we're just like, well, it's just a matter of time. And we're tapping our feet and checking our right. wristwatches that we don't really wear. And, and just like, it's just a matter of time. That poor, right. poor woman. Um, and here's the thing. I was so livid about the damage that their post would do, and I'm sure did do, encouraged other mixed orientation marriages to happen, which I'm sure at this point there are new kids made, because that was seven years ago. Right. Um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Which, side note, in a, within a 36-hour time from that, from three different people telling me about that post. When it was originally published. Yes. I started I started a blog from scratch 
to provide a response to their post. And even though I never said the name The Weeds in my post, um, it was in response to that because I did not know how to handle my anger. And that was how I handled it. And then within a week, I had 100,000 views. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know you actually published it. Yeah. I was still deep in the closet when oh. this was all going down. <laughs> yeah. So, so you oh, know, yeah. good I times had, for that. And I was pretty prolific for the better part of a year. And then I got out everything I needed to say at that time. But, and then really quickly, then what was it, just last year or the year before? Yeah, within the last year or two. Um, the weeds came out to say they were splitting. And right. I, I didn't read what he wrote because I could not. And I remember talking to my other former straight spouse. Um, I read it. Friends. Mm-hmm. And we were like, uh, whether or not they had read it, they were like, no, 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 no. We just couldn't. We couldn't. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he apologized. Was there an apology? Do you remember? I honestly don't remember. Okay. Um, but... Uh, and then it was either today or no, it was yesterday, um, that a notification came up on one of my social media platforms about Lollyweed being interviewed by someone at the Trib. Uh, I think she was on a podcast. Right. But it, but, but it was posted anyway, from, I, okay. by the Trib. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, it just... And she, uh, apparently, because I haven't listened, because I, I just can't, I just can't do it. Yeah. Um, talked about how straight spouses are kind of left behind in the Mormon yeah. community. Um, I guess she also talks about how Josh and his boyfriend oh. live in the house with Lolly. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. Um, but, uh, so my number one hang up is about how that first blog post they did on their 10th wedding anniversary, making themselves the poster children for mixed orientation marriages that work and also include a robust sex life, made someone like me, who had been in one for 13 years and made four children, so livid because I knew the bullshit that they were feeding themselves and they felt like they had to feed others so that they could continue on so that they could sleep at night and now they're continuing to talk and saying things that the rest of us straight spouses and I'm thinking of one in particular I'm just going to say her first name Stephanie are just like oh really no no shit Sherlock you know just and doing the like whack off sign with the splooge coming out um, so that's my number one hang up. Um, your ex-wife. Yes. Gary. Yes. But Tisha, actually. Tisha, yeah, from early episodes. Yes. We forgot about that. Uh, I messaged her this morning. Oh, you did? <laughs> and I said, did you happen to see the thing about Lolly Weed? And she goes, no, but I want to see it or listen to it or whatever. And I told her she could find it at the Trib. And she listened to it and she's like, oh, it was really boring. <laughs> I was like, I love it. I love oh, it. Oh, Tisha. Oh, Tisha. <laughs> okay. So What's here's the one? thing. I just want to comment on yours really quick oh, and then oh, I'll say oh, my number okay. one. It's, I mean, there is something to be said for, you know, everyone forges their own path and lives their own life and blah, 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 whatever. But whenever someone 
comes out publicly like that and makes a statement the way that they did. And I don't know them at all, so I'm not condemning, you know, whatever. But when you come out publicly and make that kind of statement, it gives ammunition to to Mormons and to conservatives and to Christians to turn to their gay children and say, look, these people are doing it. Yeah. It's sort of like um, oh. the Christofferson apostle who oh. has the gay brother who wrote the book. And basically, like, he, I mean, again, I haven't read the book, but from what I understand, and I've met him before, he was he was gay and he was in a relationship and then he decided he wanted to come back to the church. I don't know if that that caused the end of his relationship or his relationship had already ended, but you know, he made the choice to come back to the church. Mm -hmm. And I think he even explicitly says in his book, I'm not saying that this is what everyone should do, but this is my story and this is what worked for me. And that's fine. We're all on our own journey, but (laughs) when you are a public figure and when you make those kind of statements and when you say, this is what I did, you know, my mom bought me a copy of that book and gave it to me. And I'm sure that she did that because she thought, well, he came back to the church. Oh, that's he, exactly why. Oh. You know, like, so he made it work. Yeah. So why can't you make it work? So even if that wasn't his intention or even if, you know, even if, you know, Gary Christopherson, whatever his name is, or the weeds, like <laughs> their intention was just, say, to, was just to say, hey, this is our story. There are people that then say, oh, well, look at them. Look at what they did. Yeah. You should do the same thing. And, anyway. that, and that is what the comments on that blog post said, yes, I know you can do it. And I I know this to be true and people bearing their testimony. And then other people in mixed orientation marriages saying, we've been doing it too. And I'm just like, I just want to say this. If you're in a mixed orientation marriage, because I would imagine we have listeners that are, Oh yeah. If you're in a mixed orientation marriage, I just want to say this. It can be better on the other side. Oh, like you have, it will be. you, it, yeah, it, uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It will be better on the other side because you have convinced yourself that you love this person and you love your marriage and you love your family and you love your kids. And I had, I thought all those same things. I remember Tisha and I, <laughs> Tisha is the worst name, <laughs> but I remember Tisha and I were driving around one day and I just started crying. And this was kind of after the separation, Aww. like after I'd come out, we were still figuring everything out. I started crying and she was like, what, what is wrong? Why are you crying? And I said, we are supposed to grow old together. Like we are going to travel together. Aww. Like we have all these plans and now I don't know how those plans are going to work. Aww. And when you're in the thick of it, you don't understand how you can get out of it. Yeah. But it's better on the other side. Oh, so much Like, better. Tish and I are both... <laughs> I can't say that name <laughs> with a straight face. We are both so much happier. Yeah. I mean, it's funny for me to say happy because every episode I talk about how depressed I am. And <laughs> I just wait until it's, we get into this relative. episode. But, like, Tish and I are both happier. Our kids are happy and healthy. We have a great relationship. Like, just the other day, one of our kids yelled at us because we were talking too loud while he was trying to go to sleep. Because <laughs> we were just standing in the doorway, like, catching up. We have a great relationship. I care deeply about her. She cares deeply about me. We are good friends. And we are both happier. And just just to, like, to cram your marriage into this little tiny box and try to make it fit and just say, no, we can make this work. We can make this work. Life is not about making it work and sticking it out it's and suffering. Life not. is about living and feeling joy and experiencing things. Yes. So stop stick. Like 
it's scary. You're standing on the edge of a cliff, but you're going to survive the fall off you that cliff. Are. So jump off the fucking cliff. And Not a literal <sighs> cliff. Please don't jump off a literal cliff. No. But no. you're on an emotional cliff, and you're going to be you're going to survive. Jump off. It's the fucking terrifying. Mixed orientation marriage cliff. <laughs> Look, and I want to put out a legitimate offer. If there is anyone out there in a mixed orientation marriage, or if they think they might be in, they're not sure. Reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram. I'll meet you for coffee. Yeah. Maybe. Same. Maybe you don't live nearby. We can talk on the phone or FaceTime or Marco Polo. I will say some things that will help you a lot. No matter what spot you're in, in that yeah. entire thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we've been going for like 17 minutes <laughs> on part one of segment one. Yeah. So I'm going to keep this brief. But okay. my number one hang up, um, and this is like, this is the hang up. This is the the one ring to rule them all. Like, this is the hang up that all my oh. hang ups stem from. <laughs> well, thi- not all of them. Your thyroid. My thyroid. <laughs> no. So when I was in the closet... When I like when I was in high school, I had a lot more friends that were girls than were guys because mm-hmm. I just fit in better with girls. I understood them more. I didn't understand guys. I kind of was in love with them, but I was afraid to admit was I was in love with them. I didn't know how to make that work. Like so guys just terrified me. I could never be like effortlessly comfortable in a room full of guys. So I just always had friends that were girls. And then I came out and I was like, "Okay, this is it. I can be myself." Now I feel the exact same way about gay people. I feel like I don't know how to fit in. I feel uncomfortable. I feel um, I feel out of place. I feel so many other things. But and for and for a long time, I didn't recognize that they were the exact same like the two like two sides of the exact same emotional coin. Yes, I just kept thinking like, oh, what like why is this so hard? Why is it hard for me to make friends? Why is it hard for me to date? And then I realized like, oh. All those hangups I had about not fitting in and not belonging with men still exist. Yeah. They're just now pointed towards gay men rather than just men in general. Right. So that's one of my big hangups. I don't feel comfortable around men, straight men, because I don't speak their language and I don't know what they <laughs> care about and whatever. And I don't feel comfortable on gay men because I feel like, I mean, we'll, I'll get into all of this later, I'm sure, but I feel like I'm too late. I don't fit in. I don't say the right things. I don't have the right experiences. And so I don't feel like I fit in anywhere. Yeah. So that fucking sucks. We we need advice from you, our therapist friend. <laughs> I think her name her name is like Hoffner. Just Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, so anyway. Anyway, but like uh, that that was that was an issue for my ex husband before he came out as well. Cool. But now he has a cute boyfriend and he's living his fucking fiance. gay life. He has a cute fiance and he's living his fucking gay life. Yeah. And I'm sitting in my house drinking Malbec by myself. Which sounds not, amazing. I mean, so. it's, I mean, sometimes it's not bad. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, let's, let's take, take a break. Let's take a break. <laughs> Proof is in the pudding. And what is the pudding? What is the pudding? It's meat pudding. That didn't make sense, but we thought it was funny. But I kind of hate those two words together. Meat pudding? We were just talking about how uh, someone commented to your ex-wife that she seems happier than ever. Yeah. 
She is. And uh, I said, proof's in the pudding. And yeah. what is the pudding? Knowing full well that the pudding is that you left Mormonism. <laughs> God. It's my... F- Okay, I'm not even going to go down that road. I could have I have a whole tangent about oh. the pudding of Mormonism, but that'll be another episode. So that was a long segment. That's okay. So we're gonna we're gonna let's yeah, do, let's it's fine. Clip along. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move at a at a at a brusque clip. Ready? Is that a thing? Yes. Yeah. What's your number two? Uh, the, your number two hang up, sister Twain. What's your twain? What is your twain caught on as you're trying to move through the brambles of life? Your twain is just stuck on something. What is that? Here's uh some hangups that I have and I never talk about them because I want everyone to think that I don't care about this kind of thing and that I'm super confident. I'm terrified. And also, I think that if I said something like this out loud, which isn't constructive to say it out loud, but here we go, uh, that people would, would judge me for feeling this way. But um, I don't like my upper arms. Okay. I don't like my... Um, my abdomen and my hips. Okay. And I don't like the right side of my face. The right side? Yeah. Right when I'm looking at you or your own right? That the, side? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Are they different? Yes. Watch. Look. Left side? Oh, Jesus. Just, oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it looks like, you know, this part of me is like drooping. I know this means nothing coming from your homosexual friend, but I have literally never noticed the left side of your face, your upper arms, <laughs> or your hips, and thought, what's going on there? Not a, not a single goddamn what's time. What's going on there? Not a single goddamn time. Uh, yeah, anyway. And those... The the arms and the, and the torso part, I think about constantly and daily. Okay. The face part, I only think about if someone is sitting next to me on my right side. Which I always am when we're recording. Yeah. I've never, like, I literally don't notice the difference between uh, the two sides of your face. Great! Why is it so, first of all, why are fucking hangups about our body so powerful? Mm-hmm. And second of all, why are they so, like, I don't want to say embarrassing, but why are they so, why do we not want to admit, we don't want to own up to them. We yeah. don't, we want to be like, I'm empowered. I'm Lizzo. I yeah, love my body. I know, right. But, like, why is it so weird to say, like, no, I hate my arms and I feel sad about them? Yeah. What and, is that? And, and why is it hard to say it? Or like, yeah, what, yeah, that whole thing, that whole animal. Uh, because you're judged if you say it and you're judged if you don't. Yeah, true. Because if you're hung up on your body, like you, ha- you don't have like self-love. And you right. haven't, you're not an empowered woman who right. believes in yourself. Right, right. Does it, does, it make, does it keep me up at night? No. But is it something I think about in my waking life? Almost constantly. It's a hang-up. It's a hang-up. It's something I can't just release. And just, you know, like, here's the thing. I love my body. I, like, love the natural shape of my body. Right. I just wish in some areas there was just a tad less of that shape. <laughs> That's all. What's your well, number? Well, I think you look lovely today in your white. You've got, she's wearing a crisp white blouse. Yes. A navy trouser. Yeah. It's really lovely. Thank the whole you. The whole look is very beautiful. Aww. A nice kind of a hoop earring, but with, like, a little modern twist to it. Yes. It's all good. Okay. It's all very good. Cool. So, yeah. You trying um, to have sex with me? No. 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 So my number two hang up <laughs> is, is that I'm vaginas. bad at sex. No. Oh, mad the, at sex. Bad at sex. Oh, bad at sex. That I'm afraid I'm bad at sex. But you don't, you don't know that you're bad at sex. You're just afraid that you will be bad at sex. No, I mean, I've had sex before with men. Okay, let me just keep talking. You're just making funny faces. I, no, I'm not making any face. I'm making, like, <laughs> one face. Okay, so... 
so here's the narrative that is in my head. So part of the narrative is that I, um, I don't have a lot of sexual experience. I mean, I have probably had sex with, let's see, like five or six guys since I've come out. Okay. So I don't have a lot of a sexual experience. Um, it, and, and some of you straight people may be like, wait a minute, five or six people, what? But like in the gay community, that's like, that's like what babies do. Right. Like that's <laughs> like in the gay community, five or six people is like nuns and priests. Oh, like, so, so I feel like I'm inexperienced. I feel like I have, I've kind of started too late. Like I didn't start kind of exploring, you know, I, I never had like a wild, 20s or whatever mm. where I was just like sleeping around and being crazy and hooking up with people. Yeah. Um so I feel like and I feel like everyone else had that even though that's not true. Like logically I understand that a lot of people come out later in life and don't have a lot of experience and whatever. Um so logically I know that it's not true that I that that I'm late to the game to sort of figuring all this stuff out because I feel like oh like everyone already knows what they're doing and they're already all experienced and like I'm like fumbling around like an idiot um and then so that is all part of the narrative and then the other part of the narrative is and this is I'm sure this has happened to everyone but the other part of the narrative is I have like met people online we've been chatting we've been like getting along we meet for a date we end up sleeping together and then like i never hear from them again and i think that happens to everybody who's dating like logically i can kind of understand that that you know like people just disappear and it's part of dating in life yeah but of course in my mind i'm like oh it's because i was horrible it's because i was like such a fucking troll in bed that they're like oh my god i'm never talking to that guy again that was an embarrassment so so what what that hang up translates to is that i mean i i i'm very rarely on dating apps or anything like that but if i ever am like sometimes i'll be like oh this seems fun if i'm ever on a dating app or you know chatting with someone online or whatever as soon as the conversation starts to turn like a tiny bit sexual or as soon as there's like talk of like we should go on a date, like, you're hot, like, whatever, like, Mm -hmm. where in my mind I can future cast and imagine that at some point we may have sex, I immediately, like, stop talking to that person, delete my account. Like, we make that joke a lot that I delete my account and, like, light my phone on fire, but it's actually true. Like, I actually do do those Just short of lighting your phone on fire. Yeah, I don't actually light my phone on fire because I care about my technology a great deal. (laughs) But, like, but as soon as I start to, like, as soon as I can tell, like, a conversation is going to where we may actually meet and where there may actually be an expectation of sex or a hookup or mm-hmm. whatever, I'm immediately like, I'm out. I yeah. pull the rip cord yeah. and I float off into you the sunset. You pull the umbilical cord. <laughs> and get sucked up into the vagina? <laughs> what happens when you pull the umbilical cord? Just weird things. Like the vulva just slurps you back up in. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's my number two hang up is that I, my, I am terrified that I'm terrible at sex and that, and that it is ice and that people hate me because of it. God, wow. I mean, just, Jesus, God, wow, wow. God, Jesus, God. Just sign me up for therapy now. Actually, let's, don't because I'm scared of let's therapy. Let's take a break because I need to ask you a question off okay. the air. All right, let's take a break. You guys were back. And straights, go do something else. I, I mean, listen. <laughs> 
Gays and straights are all welcome. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. But I'm really sorry if you're straight. <laughs> I mean, I guess if I guess if you're happy, you're happy. It just seems really depressing. <laughs> like you're just like into the other gender and like I don't know. It just seems depressing. It's so just, it's a comfort zone thing. It's fine. It's fine. I love my straight brothers and sisters too. <laughs> but, I don't know why they would choose that. But I know. <laughs> it just seems like if that I mean if that's the life you want to live, fine, but I just don't understand it. And stop rubbing it in our faces. Exactly. Anyway, I like dudes and I'm a woman, but I'm just a little gay. But you also like ladies. I do. I like their lady parts. So I don't consider you straight. I like... Oh, so it's really just about the business. Oh, yeah. Like, you don't want their emotions. You don't want their love. Oh, God, no. Oh, (laughs) dear God, no. You just want the business. I just want the boobs. Yeah, boobs. I support boobs. We were just talking about boobs. The coochie. Little coochie. And some little bit of little would bit you, female ass. Would you? Never mind. Well, I'd, oh, I'm just going to keep this brief. Would you date someone who is trans? Oh hell yeah! Really? Okay. Oh, that like would if be... they were if they were man, masculine presenting, but they didn't actually they were trans man, so they were a man, but they didn't actually have <sighs> male genitalia. Uh, I mean, if I felt a connection to that person, I wouldn't have a problem pursuing it. Okay. Cool. Just curious. It's all about the connection. Yeah. But I would definitely have sex with that person. Right. Because I Connection can, or no. I can kill, I can deaden all of my vulnerability and just go downtown to Chinatown. <laughs> is, is Chinatown the vagina town? It can be anything you got merch? downtown. Chinatown's the vagina town? <laughs> is it merch? Is, is it? Is that merch? Becky, write Becky that with one a down. K? Becky with a K, write that my, one down. Okay, what's your number three? My number three is... Uh, my life. So, okay. No. <laughs> so, let's just recap your hangups. The weeds, the right side of your face, and your life. And just my, and just my entire life. No. I love that while you're talking, like while you're recording your part of the segment, you just walked across the room to refill your wine glass with a Malbec du Croix. Du Clos. Du Clos. Du Clos. It's fine. It, it, whatever. So one of your hangups is your life. Tell us more. So, but well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell you more about it. So um, I know very few, uh, I want to say women, but I, I can include this in parents, very few single parents who are really doing it all by themselves. And they may, yeah. or, may or may not get child support. And you can consider child support, okay, I'm not doing it by myself. But when it's the no, you're day do- in, no, you're doing it by the yourself. The day in, day out, and all the heavy lifting and all the daily lifting um, and working and fucking working too. Yeah. I was explaining this to a friend of mine today. I was like, I do everything that you do and your spouse does. Right. I'm one person and I do right. all those right. things. Um, this is why I'm tired all the time. Right. And it is a wonder that I'm not an alcoholic. Right. Um, but when people, and it doesn't happen often, people don't have this audacity often. But when people try to tell me that they understand how hard my life is. I have a hang up about that. Do like people with in a two parent family say that to you? Um, no. And I'm trying to think of, a, of specific examples. Um, and I can't because no one is ever like, 
I guess no one ever has the balls to really say, look, I get it. I get it. I, and I'm rambling right now. Here's the thing. I can tell you one example. Um, off the top of my head. The others, I really, when, when someone else tries to um, posture this, uh-huh. I immediately just let it just go right past me because if I try to process it, I might get upset. Right, right. And so I can tell you right now, the one that comes to mind is when my mother <laughs> explained to me that she knew what I was going through. My oh, she does? Uh, she, she said that to me once. How she do? Well. <laughs> Hashtag how she do. She, um, so I have four kids. She had three. Right. She always had my dad's help because they right. never split. Right. Uh, and he was not an absentee father. Right. Uh, he was other things, but he was not absentee. Um, and she's also never had to work to support herself to keep a roof over her head and the, the head of her children. And so, but she, she did try to tell me once that she, even though I've only had three kids, doesn't mean I don't understand everything that you're going through. And I just, in those moments, you just have to be quiet and find a way to end the phone call. Did you just want to like do the jerk off motion right in her face? Like, yeah, fucking jerking off in and my face. This, and then Mama ending Twain. with the splooge spray. Yeah. Um, of course, yeah, sure I did. Here's the thing. I am a single parent 50% of the time. Mm-hmm. So my kids spend half their time with Tessa. Tessa? Tisha. Tisha. <laughs> and half their time with me. And it is fucking hard. Yeah. Like when they are with me and I love my kids and my kids are amazing and they're like Same. They're, they're getting a little older, they're really coming into their own, yeah. like they're really wonderful people, but like when you're the sole person like fixing dinner and making sure homework's done and checking this and doing that and folding the laundry, like it's exhausting and I only have to do that for two or three days at a time and then they go to their mom's house and I have two or three days off where I can just like drink bourbon and watch Netflix and cry about my choices. <laughs> but like, like we are going on a little kind of a, just a weekend getaway tomorrow for Labor Day. And like just the act of like getting all the laundry done and getting everyone packed and making sure we have the right food. And you know, all of that is like enough to drive me to drink, mm-hmm. which is why I'm drinking a lot right now. Right. So right, right. hats off to you, sister twaint. Yeah. I raise my twaint to you. So my, <laughs> That's a long stretch. Um, uh, so the hang-up isn't about what my life is. Because in all honesty, where the chips have fallen, the chips have fallen where they have fallen. Right. But then you take the chips and you make them look the way you want them to look. And I feel really... I feel like we've stretched this metaphor <laughs> a little I know, bit too far. I know. And, and, but I think our, our gentle listeners really know what I mean. Do they? <laughs> but... Uh, I, I love my life. I'm not lonely. I'm not craving a relationship. I don't feel like that's a void in my life. The cat's cleaning your hair. Just being, be warned. Being present for myself and for my kids is enough and fulfilling. But that doesn't make it any less exhausting yeah. mentally, yeah. physically. Yeah. Um, especially when heavy lifting is required. And by Ish. heavy lifting, I mean when your kids have mental health issues right and that's or when all your of kid is trans oh and that or, yeah. oh, or that or that, that, that also that. and then that very and simple then there's process the ones who have been suicidal etc cetera, etc cetera. and so uh, my hang-up is not that those are parts of my life but that 
people try to un- to pretend they understand it. Right. Fuck and, those people. Yeah. What's your number? Whatever we're on. We're on number three. So my number three is a it's a silver coin with two sides. So the one <laughs> the one side of this coin is. I don't believe the problems that I have, like my mental health problems, are real. I believe they're pretend. Okay. You know, I have friends that are dying. I have friends that have spouses that are dying. I have friends who have lost children. Like, so in my mind, I think like, oh, these people have had real problems. The problems that I have are not those level of problems. Okay. The flip side of that coin mm-hmm. is that I don't believe my problems are fixable. I believe they're too big to be fixed. So on the one <laughs> hand, I believe my problems don't exist and that they're all pretend and that they're all in my mind and I could fix them tomorrow just by like changing my attitude. And on the other hand, I think these problems are too big and too monstrous and I'll never fix them. So your hang up is that my have- problems are too big and too small at the same time. And and either way, whether they're too big or too small, they don't deserve attention. Yeah. Yeah. Because either they're too small to deserve attention because then I'm being, I'm selfish. A little whiny baby. Yeah, I'm being a little whiny baby because Uh actual people have actual problems in their actual lives. Right. And my problems are like, boys don't like me. (laughs) And then on the other hand... I look at my problems and I just think like, oh, I've got to learn to love myself and I've got to learn to like be vulnerable and open myself up to other people and I've got to do things that are scary and and I just think, oh, fuck all that. That's way too hard. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just going to drink bourbon and watch Netflix. Right, right, right. So anyway, I don't don't have a lot to say about that, (laughs) but that's my hang up. Your hang up is you've got these problems and fuck them. And they're too big and they're too small. So just let them be. Let them be. Let them be. Do you think you wallow? Let in? them be. Uh, do you think yeah, you wear them like a blanket? <clears throat> 100%. Okay. Like sometimes I feel like I can't fix my problems because like they're like my brand. <laughs> like my brand is like being the like depressed guy. I just shout out to Cindy and Brother Tian come on my face. They're listening to this and they're doing exactly what I'm doing, which is just shaking their head back and forth and rolling Wait, their Have you guys head. talked about this behind my back? My brand? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Because sometimes, like, I – anyway, (laughs) this episode is too much. But sometimes, like, I will be actually in a pretty good space emotionally, but I will feel like I have to respond in a certain way because it's, like, it's what people expect of me. And that certain way is, like, depressed and, like, I hate myself. (laughs) Even if I'm not in that moment feeling that. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Brother T. Oh, so much to say about it. (laughs) Anyway. So, like, the moral of the story is we fucked up. (laughs) Who's we? I mean, I'm fucked up. Okay. Oh, we. As in you and you? As in you. I mean, I meant you and I. I mean, I'm fucked fucked up. up. Oh, God. Yeah, I was including you. Anyway, Anyway, let's take a break. Take a break. Wow. We're back. We're on number four. And you never once (gasps) said, numero toi. (laughs) Which means number, number three. Quatre. Numero quatre. Quatre. Uh, that's good. Uh, numero quatre pour moi is... I just feel like I need to bring everyone up to speed. We're, talk- <laughs> We're talking about... Maybe it's because I'm drunk. We're talking about <laughs> our hang-ups. 
That's it. I That's brought it. Up okay, great. Okay, uh, number no, four. Go no, ahead. We're ready to go. Four? Let's do some we're more ready business. To go. No. People who tuned in. Here people we who, go. People who just turned the dial and landed on this radio station. I don't know why someone would be start listening midway through the podcast, <laughs> but I felt like I needed to be like, hey, guys, this is Hot Drinks. I'm Jack yeah. Coffee. This is Sir Twain. <laughs> we're talking about our hangups if you just tuned in. If you just tuned in during that commercial break for uh, Botch Please or whatever the ad was for. What's your number four? Oh, no, I have to yawn. So um, while she yawns, what's your number four? My number four is, as much as I hate to say it and admit it, and I do, (laughs) I have guilt that I'm not speaking to my mother. Oh, yeah. Even though it's healthier for me. Yeah. Uh... There's, it's absolutely and completely justifiable. Yeah. But I have that... And guilt is, is always dumb, right? Guilt is not a constructive emotion. No, it's not at all. We, peel, we need to peel guilt back and find out what the emotion is underneath that. Um, but I do. I feel guilt about not talking to my mother. And part of that has to do with the fact that... And I would love to talk about this in a breve, but not here... That my dad has Alzheimer's. Right. And he's not going to remember who I am soon. Right. And they live together. And there's a lot more to that. So if there are any gentle listeners out there like, just suck it up and talk to your mom so you can talk to your dad. There's a lot you don't know. Right, And a lot you don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot that I have invested in my dad since his diagnosis. Um. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I just, I have a lot of guilt for not speaking to my mom at the end. Okay. That I'm not going to start talking to her. No, not no, at no, all. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, why is that mother guilt so complicated? Because well, I have some myself. Yeah. Because she's the woman who raised you. You right. grew inside of her body. If, right. if you are her bi- biological child. Um, and, and there's a whole thing about a mother's love. Well, here's the thing. Even though it's a mother's love, mother's love is flawed. Yeah, of course. It's very flawed. Right. Do you ever imagine a world where you're, where you have that type of relationship with one of your kids? Where, where one of my children. Like doesn't want to talk to you? I do. Really? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Why? Because I've already been through that with one of them. Oh, really? Yeah. And I gave it full credence and said, I understand and this is valid and you do what you need to do. And if I ever reached out during that time and that child would say sorry or shut me down or ignore me, it was fine. They were doing what they needed to do for their own personal emotional health. Um, Can you imagine your mother having that thought process? Not in any stretch of the imagination. No. Yeah. Like not even possible. Yeah. And so if that were to happen with any of my children in the future, it would be the same thing. I wouldn't stand there and try to justify why I did or said what I did or said what I said or anything like that or talk them out of it. I would just say... Honey, you, I love you, and you do what you need to do, and you are not obligated to love me. You are not obligated to have any type of behavior towards me. Um, your 
sense of self is what is important above and beyond chasms above and beyond your relationship with me. And so if what you need to do is, um, an emancipation and estrangement, whatever, then, oh my gosh, do it because I love you. Wow. That's big. It is. (laughs) Like, my kids are quite a bit younger. Not quite a bit, but my kids are younger than your kids. And I I can't imagine having that conversation with them. But I also understand, like, 100% where that conversation would come from. Right. You know? And, and I think I've just had to practice it. Um, because if slash when that moment comes in the future, right. as we've said, it already has, uh... I want to be able to be fully supportive, present, emotionally intelligent for them. Right. That's a lot. I mean, what's more important? That our child does what they need to to figure out who they are as a whole and authentic person. Or that their child... Or that that child... Calls like us and preserves their and, relationship. Yeah, with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, no, like, totally. no, that's not why we had children. <clears throat> we had children to create autonomous and confident human beings who know how to find joy and satisfaction in life. And um, if the mom component deters finding those things, then fuck, do what you need to fucking do. Isn't this episode funny, you guys? Aren't you laughing a lot? This is such a fun episode. (laughs) It's so fun. Oh, shoot. I mean, I could post a picture of my tit in conjunction with this episode (laughs) on Instagram. Just to, like, lighten the mood a little bit. I'd be fine with that. I don't know if we'd get reported. We probably would. Jesus, we would. Okay. Okay, so my number four. I've got some good stock photos. I've literally had to... Look up my number four like seven times while you were talking because I was like, oh, yeah, it's that. It's that. And then like two minutes later, I'd be like, I'm too drunk. I don't remember that. So uh, my number four is that real vulnerability scares the ever living fuck out of me. I feel like I know all the right things to say and do to be performatively vulnerable, like to be to appear to be vulnerable. But I don't know that I've ever actually been vulnerable and like really open with another human being. Thoughts? So when you were talking earlier in this episode about when you were married to Tisha. Shout out to Tisha. Hey, Tisha. <laughs> um, and you were crying. Wait, I was crying during this episode? No, when oh. you were talking about a time you were with Oh, Tisha. yeah, 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 yeah. I wondered. I was like, I wonder what that's like to see Brother Coffee oh, yeah. crying. That's true, because yeah. I probably don't do that now. Uh... I, Here's the thing. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I've read all the Brene Brown books. <laughs> Lean in. I've. I, <laughs> that's not Brene Brown. That is. That is not. Also not Cheryl, Cheryl Strayed. Strayed. No, because that's who we say it is. But it's, it's actually Stephanie Meyer, the no, author of Twilight. God damn it! God damn no, it! No, okay. No, it's Cheryl. <laughs> oh, Rachel's gonna message and tell us who it really is. Um, it's not Cheryl Strayed. It's Cheryl Sandberg. Lad. Cheryl Ladd. Wait, who was Cheryl Ladd? She was a model in the 80s. Was she on like Night Court? Oh, maybe, maybe she was one of the, the... Rachel, please message in and tell us where we're Rachel, wrong about this. Who Rachel, who the fuck was Cheryl Please Ladd? do our pop culture check. What was I just talking 
What was I talking about? You've read all the books. Oh, yeah. I know. I've read all the books about vulnerability. I've watched all the TED Talks. I know all the correct dialogue. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I feel like I'm like a robot or maybe like a sociopath. Yeah. Like I know all the right things to say to be like, you guys, I'm vulnerable. I'm talking about vulnerable things about my vulnerable (laughs) self. But really, there are giant walls inside of me and I'm not actually being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine... I can't imagine a world or a person where I would allow myself to really be vulnerable with someone. So here's where I feel like you need to give yourself some credit. Your authenticity. <laughs> wait, say that one more time. Authenticity. Authentic. Wait. Awesome. Authenticity. Auten. Auten. It's not authenticity. authenticity. It's authenticity. I have had so much wine in Ativan. <laughs> You've so, had like a glass and a half of wine. <laughs> your authenticity, your authenticity is a form of vulnerability. Whoa, whoa, I just fucking blew your mind. Oh my God, oh my God. My brain just short-circuited. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Not maybe. It is. Okay. Philip Seymour Hoffman, our friend who's a therapist who's actually female, but we just don't have a good name for you. I hope you know, <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman, I hope you know who you are when we're talking to you. I mean, maybe. Cheryl, Cheryl Hoffman. I, I, <laughs> I, guess, I guess what it really boils down to is that I'm so, I feel like I'm so disconnected from my own emotions that I don't know what is something I'm really feeling and what is something that is performative or what is something that like I think I should be feeling. Because here's the thing, when you are a kid that grows up in the closet... Every every word I said, every oh. way that I held my body, every mm. way that I stood, every action that I took ran through 37 filters. Is that, <laughs> one, is that your kids telling us to be one quiet? One of my kids like just pounded on the floor, which I think was their way of being like, shut the fuck up down there. Uh, they need a box anyway, fan. One of my, I mean, when you're a kid in the closet, every... Every action I took, every word that I said was run through 37 filters to be like, will this reveal my secrets or is this safe? Oh, God. And so I just think like I am now like I did that for 37 years and I don't think anymore that I know like what emotions are real and what emotions are pretend. Hmm. Like I'm a robot. I have seen you in a couple of really authentically vulnerable moments. Um, We should talk about those. Offline. Oh, no, just real quick. It was when the policy was leaked. Oh, yeah, I was a mess that weekend. And it was when your dad passed away. Shout out to Elder Coffee, my dad. Elder Coffee. (laughs) Um, Patriarch Coffee. And uh, not only did I get to see you, you came to my place of work on both of of those occasions just because you needed to connect. I honestly don't remember that. And I thought, this means a lot to me, and this person is important to me. Oh, I love you. I love you, too. Okay, let's take a break. Take a break. You guys, we're back. This episode is a lot for Brother Coffee. Is everyone okay? How's everyone doing out there? Are you drinking a lot? Are you hydrating? I feel like we've had an episode or two that might have been heavier. Really? Oh, yeah. Like what? Uh, how Mormonism informed our sexuality. I mean, maybe. Yeah. I'm so disconnected from my sexuality. I can talk about it all day. (laughs) Without a problem. Without a problem. Anyways. This just feels like a lot. 
So it I is. just want to make and sure it's everyone's because hydrating. Of me. And when I say hydrating, I mean like a few extra sips of bourbon. Yes. Yeah. I mean bourbon has a lot of water in it. It does. Do you have do different alcohols affect your emotions differently? Oh yeah. Like what? Okay, so tequila makes me want to show my tits and see yeah, where we are the tequila is the horny, the horny alcohol. Right. Uh, wine makes me feel like um, Ernest Hemingway wants to fuck me or something. <laughs> um, wine makes me sleepy and funny. And then uh, beer makes me feel... Gassy. Well, there's that, but if you, more about my personality and my headspace uh, makes me feel like I, I can, I can bro it with the best of them. <laughs> I don't know that I have an emotion attached to beer. Um, bourbon, though, which I have been drinking tonight after I finished my wine, makes me feel sad, but like in a good way, like that feel good sad. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, or did I, I make do. that up? So, like when it, you're when you're like deep in your emotions yeah. and they're like thick and they're sad, but like you feel good about it. It's like a chewy stick. Oh, that's bourbon. Okay. That's bourbon. Yeah. Anyway, so I probably should not drink bourbon, but I love it. Speaking of which, side note. Yeah. I'm going to the home of bourbon in about four weeks. Kentucky? Yes. Why? Oh. Sex <laughs> sexcapades? Yes. You're We're not gonna, talking about you're who. You're going to be skating in the sexcapades. We're not talking about who, but it's I will skating be performing rink. in the sexcapades. So exciting. You do that triple axel so well. I need to take you the silver this year. You do that double kowtow. Is that a word? Is that a, is that a skating term? A kowtow? It's a sexcapade term. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So what's the number? What's your number five hang up? What are you hung up on? Your number five hang up. Babe. Babe, my number five hang-up is... <laughs> Wait, were you calling me, babe? Yeah, I just... Hey, I've babe. had. I hey, mean, babe. That's what happened. You, mean, you know how you're like different alcohols do different things? Mm-hmm. Not only have I had wine, I've had Ativan. So. Yes, fair. Um, hey, babe. So My number five, babe. Hold on. <laughs> hey, babe, can you grab me a water? What's your number five? <laughs> um, and this is something that I have been hashing out with my sis over Marco Polo lately. My I sister. love your sister. Um, sister Volvo, we love you. <laughs> I think she might really like that name, actually. I mean, it's a good name. Yeah, we're all about femininity and feminine power and feminine parts. We all love vulvas. I mean, I don't. God, no, you don't. I don't. mean, I love it, like, intellectually. Conceptually. Conceptually, yeah, yeah. I love the you idea You want of a Volvo vulva. to run the world. Oh, yeah, run the world, vulvas. You just don't want it in your face. Is that merch? Run the world, vulvas? Yes. Okay. R- run, I Write want, that down, Becky. Run the world, vulvas. Just don't put it in my face. <laughs> That's... <laughs> <laughs> Who run the world? Vulvas. <laughs> Who run the world? Vulvas. That's um, a Beyonce hit. Anyway. Uh, thanks. So you were talking to Sister Vulva. <sighs> and this is... Uh, we, because both of myself and my sister have not been talking to my mother, which in turn means our father. You both feel guilty, right. Because with his stage of Alzheimer's right now, he hasn't been able to use his own phone for a little over a year. That still knows who we are. And I haven't really delved into that at all with this podcast, but, um, uh, the, removal as it were from our mother uh-huh. has really helped my sister and I to work through some stuff that we haven't seen before. Okay. Tell me more. Um, th- there's a lot to it. 
that has nothing to do with my number five. But I think that it would be helpful for you and I to have this conversation because of uh, Mary Jo Coffee. Or Mary Jo Coco. That's your my, mother. Are you talking about my mother? Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm very tipsy and I'm trying to follow along. So I know. Going. Bless so you your and, heart. You and Sister so. Volva are talking about Mama Twaint. Yeah. But also talking about Mary Jo Coco. Uh, not us, but you and I need to talk about that. Okay. Um... And one of the big, hefty, meaty issues that emerged from this discussion was about the concept of forgiveness within the Mormon church. Okay. You forgive. You forget. Yeah. You give a second chance. Yeah. But you never cut an abuser out of your life. Yeah. Because that's not part of the formula. The you for, have to forgive, forgive, forget, and give a second chance. You have to forgive seven times 70 or whatever that that's what it is. is. Yeah. That's what it is. So it's and they always your responsibility. They to never teach you that you're, you can forgive and cut an abuser out of your life. Okay. Or they never teach you that let's cut the abuser out of your life and then work on forgiveness. Right. That's not a teaching. Whether or not that has happened with. Uh, you know, the lay clergy, the bishops here and there, advising that and helping with that. Good for them. You're doing it correctly. But it's never something that is made clear. What is made clear is the forgive, the forget, repeatedly, 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 repeatedly. So you and Sister Volva were talking about this in we're relation about to forgiveness. Mama Twain. Mama and Dada. <laughs> we did not call them Mama or Dada, by the way. Dada Twain. Yeah. Uh, Doesn't have quite the ring to it. Mom and Dad. Uh, and on the flip side of that coin, and this is something that is even more deeply triggering, is that when you... Have Me? done something wrong. Or one. The universal okay. you. Okay. Is your arm getting tired? A little bit. When the universal you in the Mormon church has done something wrong and you feel compelled to confess mm -hmm. to your bishop and you start working through the repentance process, once you have repented, it's the same as forgiving and forgetting. Right. And so whatever it is you've repented of, you're not supposed to talk about anymore. Right. Right. And there's something just as fucked up about that as yeah. there is the forgive and the forget an abuser. Right. And so that's what we were talking about. And that's a big hang up. And that and what is what does that all really boil down to? What our worth is predicated predicated. <laughs> My God. Predicated on. Predicated upon the, how we handle the abuse of others towards us. We still have the responsibility as the victim of the abuse. Are you following this? A little bit. I'm sure Hugh Hefner or Philip Seymour Hoffman, the therapist that we know that <laughs> listens. Wait, give me the like too long didn't read version of this. Okay. Just the, like, one-sentence version. Okay. So, the one-sentence version is the requirement that we have to forgive and forget mm -hmm. 
70 times 70. Right. And then if we mess up and repent after we've completed the repentance process, we're not supposed to ever talk about what we did. Right. It makes, it just magnifies the idea that you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Even if you are the victim of abuse, it's all your responsibility to deal with in the right way. Right. And it's this idea of magical thinking. Okay. Make it all go away. Don't think about the bad. Let's go back to focusing on the good. Right. And which kind of brings me to, just really quickly, as a side note, what has happened to church history Yeah. over time. Yeah. Because Joseph Smith was a charlatan. Right. And a treasure hunter. Right. And sex hungry. Right. And that stuff has just been passed over and they just focus on the good. Right. I don't know why. The quote-unquote good. The quote-unquote good. Right. Even though there were five or six versions of the first vision, and even though no one actually ever saw the golden plates. That was kind of what God was going for. <laughs> says the musical, the, yeah. the Book of Mormon. What's your number five? Um, so my number, the number five hangup that I have is that I am too late. And what I mean by that is, you may, you had a very shocked face when I said that. But what I mean by that is like, I feel like I came out too late. I've started dating too late. I am trying to figure out sex too late. I am looking for a relationship too late. Like, it's all happening too late. This all should have happened 20 years ago. At this point, like, I'm an old man. Like, people are set in their ways. I'm set in my ways. Like, it's just too late. What was funny when I was thinking about this, when I was kind of writing all these things down earlier, is like... Seriously, something is like pounding on the ceiling in my house and I don't know what it is because it's allegedly not one of my kids. But when I was thinking about this, what, and I don't know if these things are related, Mm -hmm. but I am literally never late for anything in life. Like I'm never late for work. I'm never late for a lunch appointment. If I'm like, if I'm running one minute late to like to meet someone for lunch, I feel like I need to like call them and be like, I'm going to be there at 12.02. You know, like I'm like panicked inside that I am late. Right. Um, so I feel like these are probably related. <laughs> but like I I pride myself on being punctual. I'm very stressed out by being late in like for appointments or for meetings or parties or whatever. But like, but there is a part of me deep down inside that feels like all of the things that I'm trying to experience and experience in life right now i am trying to experience too late and that i should have experienced all these things 20 years ago how often do you think about that 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 how often does the thought come to your mind that i'm too late like literally multiple times a day okay (laughs) 
great. <laughs> You're like, great, great. And part of that is, part of that is, I just think part of it is I, I'm too late. And part of it is there's no time. Like part of it is like, I'm too old. I'm in my forties. I can't be dating in my forties. This is crazy. No one's going to, you know, I can't get in a relationship with my forties. I can, you know, all of that stuff. So it's like, I'm too late and I'm too old. They're all part of the same song. Oh, that's, that's really hard for me to hear because there's no such thing as shoulds and shouldn'ts. I should have done this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I should not be doing this right. at this age. That's not a real thing. Right. Well, and I even recognize that, again, like on an intellectual level, if I had come out of the closet in my 20s and been dating in my 20s, I would never would have gotten married. I never would have had my kids. And my kids are amazing. And, like, they're such a wonderful part of my life. So there's no part of me that thinks, like, oh, I wish I could just go back in time and start dating in my 20s. Because I'm super grateful for the life that I have created for myself by yeah. making the choices that I made. Yeah. But the, but there is also a part of me that's like, well, you missed your chance. Like, you the that ship has sailed. You've missed your chance. So you just got to raise these kids and then, like, crawl in a hole in the ground and die. My basically. God! Basically. Which so is anyway. just ridiculous. Is it? Yes! <laughs> See, I don't yes. think it is. In my mind, it makes perfect sense. Didn't you see the movie Beginners with Ewan McGregor and Christopher Plummer? No, I didn't Plummer? watch it. Probably because I was too triggered by it. I didn't watch right. it. Right. So his dad comes out like in his 70s or 80s and uh, gets this boyfriend that's like in his 30s. Yeah, that would just make me angry. Why? Because <laughs> that can happen. Why? Because I just don't believe that it can happen. Well, clearly the 30-year-old had daddy issues. <laughs> Which don't we all? Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. And as long as 80-year-old Christopher Plummer's getting it up, get on down the yellow brick road. Like, honestly, what are my children doing upstairs? They are banging on the floor. We got to wrap this up because we're like slurring our words at this point. I so. have had Ativan. <laughs> okay. I don't know if I mentioned so, that. Um, so I'm too late. And you have not forgiven Mama Coco. Let's take a break. <laughs> and we're back. We're back. We're going to rally this up. We are rallied. <laughs> you guys, we've had a little bit to drink. Sister Twain, who usually drinks like one half of an ounce of alcohol, has had more than a half of an ounce of alcohol. Yeah. So she's a little a little tipsy. Yeah. A little twainty. So anyway, this has been a lot. <sighs> Yeah, it has. This has been a heavy episode. This has helped me a lot. I has it really? I especially needed to get some stuff out about Josh and Lollyweed. <laughs> you got to rally. You got to like, you got to pull it together. You're a little tipsy. Sit up. Sit I up tall. Be strong. I don't have anything to pull together. I don't have anything to pull. So, um, <laughs> so if any of you out there listening are therapists, Philip Seymour Hoffman, <laughs> you know, and you want to comment on any of our fucked up dysfunctions of Gabby, our brains. Gabby Hoffman. Isn't there a Gabby Hoffman? Anyway. <laughs> Please feel free Please to comment. message us. Please send us a message. Or if you are offended by this episode and just think, who the fuck are these two people and why are they fucking talking? Are you like adjusting your breasts right now? Yeah. What are you doing? I'm adjusting my tits. That's a, oh, anyway. Sorry. I ain't no <laughs> juices or anything coming out of them. Do you don't have oh to worry God. about that? Oh my God. You guys, <laughs> I'm going to wrap this up because Sister <laughs> Twain is gone. <laughs> you just lay down, put your head down and oh, go to sleep. Okay, <laughs> so this episode's been a lot. It's been heavy. It's been dramatic. 
Um, we've we've revealed some of our deep dark secrets of our soul. Hopefully, it's been entertaining and fun. I feel like we've been less funny than we usually are. I think that's okay, according to my sister. So I hope I hope you enjoyed this, Sister Volva. Uh, so listen, you guys, if you love the podcast, please like us on iTunes or rate us or like us on Anchor or Spotify or whatever app you're on. Um, feel free to follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram is Hot Drinks. Um, D-R-A-N-K-S. You can also email us at hotdrinksforthebelly at gmail.com if you have any comments or concerns or criticisms or whatever about this episode. If you are coming to our party coming up on September 6th Mm -hmm. to drink and be merry with us, please let us know. Um, And if you really like the show, we would love for you to subscribe to our Patreon. It is www.patreon.com slash hotdrinks. You can get some fun additional prizes and content and little gifts in the mail um, by giving us a small monetary donation each month to kind of keep keep this podcast alive. So yeah. I think Sister Twain is literally asleep right now. So do you have any, any final comments or thoughts, Sister Twain? Mm. She's sleeping. So... <laughs> So this is the end of this episode. I hope you've enjoyed us sharing our vulnerabilities and our hangups. Please let us know what your vulnerabilities and hangups are. Or don't, because that's awkward. But we love you, and thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week when we have a trans trans sex worker. Trans former sex worker. Trans former sex worker. Former Mormon on the pod. Yeah. It's going to be great. So we'll talk to you next week.